Welcome to When What Happens by yours truly, Whit West. This is a podcast to help you celebrate life even when stuff happens. Around here, we focus on living our best lives in whatever way you see fit. Welcome and take a load off. Let's get started. Today's inspirational word actually comes from a quote that I found in my phone. I was going through my screenshots trying to delete things from my phone because I'm decluttering my life as usual and I came across this so I wanted to share. Don't base your decisions on the advice of those who don't have to deal with the results. Today I wanted to pick back up on part two of my story. Last time I ended at the point where I woke up in the hospital after having been intubated for about eight days. And at first I really didn't know how long it had been. Unfortunately, nobody was there when I woke up. My line sisters and friends and my brother had been there on and off throughout the days, but just so happened that during the time that I woke up, nobody was there except for the nurses. So I didn't really understand what was going on, how long I had been under, all that kind of stuff, until I was able to really get everything pulled out. And I actually saw that Scandal was on the TV, and I realized I had seen Scandal sometime before or was supposed to come on the week before so me knowing that it was coming back on I knew it had been at least seven days because this wasn't the first episode so at this point um I was in the hospital still in intensive care I had a lot of stuff going on because they really didn't know what was going on yet That hospital stay was awful. Again, this is still part of my first time being admitted to the hospital, period. I had had my gallbladder out, so my body was still recovering from that. While I had been intubated, I had bleeding in my lungs and all of this other kind of craziness, which is why a pulmonologist and a lot of other people had gotten brought in to the situation. But eventually, after about another week, or so I was allowed to go home, which was trying because I didn't know while I was why I was still in the hospital and what was going on for a few days. But I went home and had a crazy night trying to adjust. First of all, I still lived in that apartment that was up the stairs. So after having surgery and going through so much, I had to go down those stairs and up those stairs. And thank goodness my friend was there to really be able to help me get through that. And I did get through it and was able to start adjusting. I was off work for about another month or so before I went back. And I didn't really know what was going on still because the doctors didn't really know what was going on. I was meeting with the doctor, going over what had happened. My oxygen was improving, but it still wasn't where it should be for somebody my age, which is essentially at 100%. It was still in the 70s or so, but in the hospital, it had been in the 30s and 40s, so it essentially had doubled 
which is not normal for somebody who's going through the issues that I went through. So they were thinking that it may have been a one-off situation. After a while with the numbers not really improving from there, I went to the University of Maryland to get more testing. So I was poked and prodded all throughout that summer having stuff run through my neck, all kind of craziness. And it really made me tired of being in the hospital again for tests. For any kind of reason, I just do not like going into the hospital. I feel like I'm going to be trapped. But after a while, we got to about August and I generally would call my grandmother pretty much every day or every few days after I'm leaving work. This particular day, I was calling her and she was kind of frantic, which is very abnormal. So I was trying to figure out what was going on and she told me that my mother had passed out and she was trying to figure out what was going on. She had called 911 and the ambulance was on the way because my mother wasn't really responding. She was awake. So it turned out that my mother had a massive stroke and uh, I needed to contact my sister so that they could get down. I was in Maryland at this time and she was in Arkansas and so were my sister. So they were able to drive to her and I actually a couple of days later was able to get down there as well because it was a very, very bad stroke. Um, she is better now. She still has some issues with her speech and she had to retire from teaching, but she is able to get around. She has her senses about her. She understands everything that is going on, but it was very scary. When I got down, she had swelling in the brain and they didn't really know if she was going to make it, but thankfully she did. And while all of this is going on, of my mother having a stroke and almost dying, I'm still sick. So technically, I'm walking around with no treatment going on for what's going on in my body, traveling across the country back and forth, and it's taking a toll on my body. So when I get back, I'm okay for a little while, but after, by the time end of September comes, I don't feel well at all. And I have some tests done at the hospital. They're trying to see certain things. They're taking my results around to try to figure out what's going on because everything is abnormal. My test results for certain things come back perfectly fine, but clearly I'm not okay. So it gets to be the beginning of October and I'd plan to move around mid-October. So mid-October is a couple weeks away and I'm starting to pack up all of my things. Again, I'm always purging, so you know there are a ton of things to pack. And I'm just not feeling good. I'm having all kinds of crazy symptoms. I'm throwing up blood Everything that's crazy that can happen is happening. And so I'm going to the doctor. I go to urgent care to see what's going on. They think that maybe my coughing is just really violent, which is causing blood vessels to break. Okay, fine. I talk to my pulmonologist. He lets me know that if it happens again, immediately go to the ER. 
So the next day it happened again. I called him on his cell phone to let him know what was going on. And he said he'd meet me at the ER. So he did. And they wanted to do, try to do a biopsy and um, see what was going on. So he said he wanted to secure me a place in the ICU just in case I didn't do well. And me thinking, it's two weeks before I move. I really can't be here right now. Can you give me some medicine? What, Whatever you can do, can you please do it? Because I do not have time for this at all. Again, we won't be doing this again. But again, we did it again. So they intubated me again in order to do the biopsy, which did not go well at all. My oxygenation crashed again because I was unstable and I was in the ICU. Thank goodness my doctor was quick to secure me a spot there before they did the try to do the procedure. All this is going on again. My line sisters, my mom, my grandmother, my sisters, and all of this are being contacted to let them know what was going on. I was supposed to be transferred from that hospital to University of Maryland where the other team of doctors were because they had the most um, recent test results and also a better facility. During the overnight, they did not have space for me at University of Maryland, so I stayed where I was. Sometime during that time, I remember waking up. I remember coughing really hard. When you're on intubation, you're also on medication to knock you out. Is I was on propofol, the same thing that Michael Jackson took. And I shouldn't have been waking up. I'm guessing the medicine wore off before it should have. But I coughed enough to actually cough up my intubation, which should not happen. You should not be able to do. But for me, I just take it as God being like, you do not need to be on intubation any longer you're fine so of course you cough up intubation the world comes running so everyone comes into the room and they're like what is going on and I'm just sitting there looking at them like I don't know here you go cough this up and they're checking my oxygen they put me on at a hundred percent and the anesthesiologist essentially is like she looks fine she's talking we don't need to put her back on the ventilator she's clearly okay so that happens I end up getting transferred to University of Maryland completely awake thank God and I meet with a few teams of doctors my pulmonologist that I've met with up there and um, a cardiologist team and another team and they had already seen my results from me going up there to get tests and actually had been talking to different groups of people about what could possibly be wrong with me. So they came to me with a few options of things that could be wrong. The doctor who was in the ICU at the time, he looked like he was just a kid in the candy store because I'm sure nothing this strange ever comes about that often. And I understand when you're just there dealing with Ebola and the flu, when somebody with an odd illness comes around, it's exciting. I get it. So they're there and they tell me, oh, it can be this thing. It could possibly be cancer or it can be this other random thing. So the first thing, I don't remember what it was, but I knew of that thing. Of course, I knew what cancer was, but there was this third thing that they mentioned and I had never 
heard of it before. So I asked the um, cardiologist, I said, well, what is this third thing? She was like, oh, we won't worry about that. We hope it's not that. It'll be better if it was the cancer. We know how to deal with that. And so I'm like, oh, well, you rarely hear that. We'd rather it be cancer. But it turns out that random thing, that third thing, is actually what I have. So, you know, we don't leave an episode without a little bit of an adventure and ridiculosity. So, all this weekend, I was pretty sure what I was going to talk about. And I'm still going to talk about that, but something popped up, I'll say yesterday, that um, also has to be briefly discussed. The first thing I want to talk about is Hurt Bay. Did you see their one-year reunion special? I just do not understand how one old girl is putting herself through this again. And two, how he was so mad that he came off looking bad, but he made himself look way worse this time. He was going off on her, calling her hurt bae, just being nasty and saying they were never together. I do believe they were together. So I just feel like everything he said was really trying to hurt her. The one thing I do believe him on is that one of their original reasons for doing it was so that they both could get on. And she has taken op- that opportunity to do her little social media thing or whatever. And obviously his reputation was hit. So he was feeling some type of way. But if he's mad about how he's rep- portrayed on social media, it works, sir. And... I just like that they decided to do this one year later special because I'm always asking about stories like that. I see it and I'm like, I wonder what they're doing now, especially when it pops up in my Facebook memories. So I'm glad they did it. I'm mad at her for sitting through it, but you can see he still affects her deep down. She got up and walked away again because he still has power over her. She says she's in a relationship and she's happy. But please believe if he came around some type of way and was like, okay, I'm sorry, I want this to work, she would probably try it. I'm pretty sure. Now, the other thing that popped up over the weekend was Safari. Somebody, him or somebody else, leaked um, pictures of him and video. And it has had the internet going quite crazy for research purposes of course i viewed the images just so i could talk to you guys about it of course you know normally i wouldn't be doing those types of of things but here we are and yeah so nikki mm, interesting so somebody (laughs) said that um they need to have a comparative photo of meek to see if she upgraded, downgraded, or stayed the same. I don't, I don't need all of that. I'm just, I'm intrigued yet concerned. There, there's just a lot going on there. If you have not seen it, um, Twitter is probably going to be your best friend. Um, so go check that out. Do not do it at work. Um, do not do it 
in the publics. Do not do it in front of children. It is not safe for the eyes of anybody who is a little prudish. There is nudity involved, just in case you didn't get that from the rest of it. But yeah, so that is this weekend in Ridiculosity. A lot of stuff popped off this weekend. Um, I guess just to wrap up that last weekend in February, we had to go hard. Also, if you haven't seen Black Panther, go. I'm going again very soon. Thank you for tuning in to When What Happens, the podcast that lets you live your best life. You can reach out to me at all my social media. I'm with Happen 6 everywhere. W-H-I-T-H-A-P-P-E-N-S, the number six, everywhere. Catch you guys soon.